Hey Sabres fans, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Sabre Talk podcast. It's great to be talking to you again about another win. Finally, a little winning streak going after a long losing streak, but to win two games on the road uh, against opponents in the Central Division, the, the best division in hockey. They're, they're not the elite teams in that division, but to get two straight wins is really nice for this team, considering how much they were struggling before. So Sabres escaped from Minnesota with a 3-2 victory after some early puck luck. They ended up getting goals uh, from McGinn, Ristolainen, and Gianta. Those aren't the names you've been used to hearing recently, but it was nice to see some other guys contributing. And uh, to have that one shift in the in the first period where they got two goals, that hasn't happened all year, probably won't happen the rest of the year for this team and how much they've struggled to score in the first period. So... Great to be talking about a win. Quite a few positives from tonight. Um, not not all good, but a lot of positives coming out of a road game against a likely playoff team with a win was uh, was great to see. So Olmark had another very solid game. Uh, he, especially in the third period on the odd man rushes, he wasn't tested a ton. So that made the game a little bit easier than it may have looked if you looked at the number of odd man rushes throughout the game. I'm not sure exactly how many there ended up being, but it felt like there were a lot. But um, he escaped it. There were some nice plays made by the defenders. The Wild seemed to be overpassing, so he didn't have to make some of the tough saves he may have had to if they had been more shot happy. But he made made the saves he needed to, made some very good saves, and he came out with the win. And I still expect him to be the to be the guy that goes back to Rochester once Leonard comes up and is healthy, but he's making it difficult. And Chad Johnson, he's struggled recently. Uh, he did have a good game in Chicago, but gave up a back-breaking goal late, and Olmark seems to be the better goalie at making the, the clutch saves, at least. And with two two straight solid games, it'll be interesting to see if they want to keep Olmark up, even though I, I still do think ultimately he'll go down to Rochester, be the number one, and play almost every night. Good to see him playing well when it mattered the most for him and whether or not he's going to stay up. I also love Jack Eichel tonight, and I think you're you're seeing a star blossom under your eyes. So he, he ran into some adversity going into the Christmas break, but he's come out of the Christmas break on fire. And yes, he's been producing offense consistently over that stretch, but I think over over this stretch that we've seen, you've started to see elements of a complete game coming about and tonight especially I thought he was great on the back check um there was one play I forget who it was he cleared but he I think it was Niederreiter but he cleared him out in front of the net and it was a it was the he was in perfect position he came back into the zone he he took his guy cleared him out of the way and just showed the type of uh size and strength he already has as a 19 year old and tonight I thought especially his speed was was really on display and he's making the high school plays that you expect from him, but I think he's doing a better job of deciding when to make the smart play and just chip the puck in or to cycle, to continue to cycle the puck while when it's open and when there's an opening, doing something that other players probably wouldn't attempt. But he's starting to become smarter at picking his spots there. So hopefully we continue to see that progression and continue to see him be able to take over a game like he's shown flashes of being able to. And it's been really fun to watch. He's He's been so great recently, and 
I I still do expect some cold streaks the rest of the way. He is 19 years old, his first NHL season, but this stretch has really shown uh, the fans and and the rest of the league what he's capable of and the type of talent he has. So to have the have a type of guy like that in your organization is just really exciting, and I don't think Saber fans have been able to be this excited in a long time about one particular player. They haven't had this prospect in their organization quite possibly in in my lifetime. Um, I thought Zach Bogosian had arguably his best game of the season. Um, his, his possession stats ended up looking very good. I noticed him throughout the game, and I thought he played a solid game, played the, the brand of hockey that that the Sabres saw, and that's presumably why Murray wanted him and brought him in. So hopefully he can build on I thought he played well against Winnipeg as well. Hopefully he can build on these two games. And and maybe maybe it was an injury and it was still lingering, and he's finally gotten over it, and it's, it's enabled him to play at the level that that he showed last year and that Sabre fans were expecting out of him this year. So that's a positive uh, progression, positive uh, thing to take out of this game because Bogosian, they need him to be that number two, number three guy, and they need to be able to lean on him because uh, it can't just be wrist line and there have to be other guys that step up. And Bogosian and Pesic, whenever he gets back in the lineup, are the two most likely guys that are going to need to step up and be able to play those number two n- and number three roles for them to be able to win at all consistently down the stretch. Um, I think Minnesota, I said this in my post-game Winnipeg podcast where I talked a little bit about Minnesota in the next game, but I really don't think they're a contender, and it's obviously easy to say because they have some of the guys from that failed Sabres core, Pominville and Vanek specifically, um, but they're a lot like those Sabres teams were, where they had a core that was good enough to maybe get into the playoffs, maybe win a round if they were lucky, but ultimately they weren't going to ever win a championship. And I think that the current Minnesota team looks a lot like those Sabre teams did. I think there's too much money invested in the wing. Um, and Pominville and Vanek are examples of wingers where they have they have too much money invested, and I don't think they're good enough down the middle. They really need a number one center. But the problem is, just like those Sabre teams, are they ever going to be bad enough to be able to draft high and to be able to get one of those elite center prospects? I don't think so as long as they have this group together. And how do you go out and acquire a number one center? And they're hoping you know, maybe Granlund or Coyle can become that guy, but I don't know if they're ever going to be more than good number twos. And I think they've got three good middle six type centers, good, you know, number two centers in Koivu, Granlund, and Coyle. But they don't have that number one guy that you need to be able to lean on to win in the playoffs. And the the Sabres now are lucky enough after having moved on from that core, and it's been a long growing process after having torn it down. But they've got Ryan O'Reilly and Jack Eichel, two potential number one centers. You know, O'Reilly already is, and Eichel is looking very much like will be. And then Sam Reinhardt, who could be a number one center type as well. And so the Sabres are kind of in at the other end of having torn down that that core. But they may have to do that to ever win a championship. I don't know if they're ever going to be willing to do that. It's, it's tough to do it. It's tough to swallow for your fans. Um, I think the Buffalo fans have supported it. 
uh, after seeing for so long how how that core just wasn't going to win in the playoffs. But it's not easy, and every team can't can't do that. And I think they're great defensively. They got they have an exciting young defense with you know guys like Brodine and um, and Dumba and Suter's obviously a rock. But really winning winning in the NHL, it's so much about what you have down the middle and your centers. And I think. One thing the Sabres have done really well throughout this rebuild is is acknowledge that and address it. And that was something that Darcy Regeer never did. And you can argue, was it about the resources that he had at his disposal and that he was the GM throughout the Galasano era and the Regis era where he didn't have the money to spend and the, um, the resources to necessarily go out and acquire a number one center. But I don't want to have that debate right now. But Murray, with the resources at his disposal, he's done what he's had to do to tear this down and get three potential number one centers. And I think that, along with rocks on the defensive end, are the most important pieces to continue to to win in the NHL. And obviously you've got to, after you have those pieces in place, continue to build around them and learn how to be um, smart with the cap and to continue to cycle out superfluous pieces and draft well but the Sabres at least have that that first part of this process complete so it'll be interesting to see what Minnesota ultimately ends up doing if they end up following a Buffalo type path I I do think they're going to have to at the very least shed some of this money that they have committed to the wing and start committing it to down the middle to their defensive pieces but just committing money isn't really enough to acquire that number one center that you need to ultimately win a championship. So how are they going to eventually do that? And are they just going to toil in this uh, kind of purgatory for a long time? Or are they going to eventually realize that and start to tear it down? I thought Johan Larson was great again tonight. And I think he's been a big reason why these last couple of games, there's been some production out of the bottom six and how, and why Biles must have been able to lean on them a little bit more than he has in um, in past games and over the losing streak. I think he's been in people's faces. He's annoying to play against. He's a pest. Uh, he's a good possession player. He can win battles. So I think he was great tonight. Um, somebody that was noticeably bad was Cody Franson, and he was brought in really because he can get a shot through on the point. Um, Yes, he's big, and maybe he can throw a check every once in a while, but ultimately that was why he was brought in was his shot from the point and being able to get it through. And I thought he, at, at points throughout the year, he's he's been good at doing that and shown why they brought him in. I still like the signing, but I thought that tonight and in too many games recently, he hasn't been getting that shot through. And when you have a one high-level skill and you're not bringing that skill to the table consistently, you become valueless or you become maybe even a net negative and I think that that's what he looked like tonight when he's not doing what he does best um, and you have to start evaluating him based on his entire game starts to look pretty bad so I'd like to see him get a good stretch going he may be in and out of the lineup a little bit here now with Pesic coming back it's it's un, unsure whether or not they're going to keep McCabe up or whether he's going to go back down. I've seen some speculating that he may go down to Rochester. I, I don't think he will. I think he's going to remain up. And I do think that they're going to try to play Pesic on the left side, and I'm hoping it's on the left side with Ristolainen. But if they try to play Pesic on the on the right side, it means there are four guys 
on the on the right side and one of them is going to be the odd man out and the most obvious choice would be Cody Franson. So it's going to be interesting to see where Pestic slots in if he's on the left side. And if he's not on the left side, it's going to be difficult for Cody Franson to get many games in here. And if he's not bringing his one high-level skill to the table, really the reason why he was brought in, then he's not serving a real purpose being in this lineup. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, That and the goaltending situation are both what I'm most interested in and what happens when Leonard comes back. I'm hoping that Pesic can get in next game. I don't know if they're going to stick with the same lineup again because they've won two straight and maybe let Pesic keep practicing with the practicing with the Sabres and trying to get him up to speed that way. But from all accounts, he looked pretty ready down in the AHL. And he, when he's healthy, he's probably the second or third best defenseman on this team after Ristolainen, for sure, and you can debate Bogosian versus Pesic. So I think he should be in the lineup, but Bilesma may just want to stick with the with the winning lineup and ride it out until they lose and then, then make some changes. And the Sabres next are back on Friday night. They're they're going home. They're gonna have back to back games against Boston on Friday and Washington on Saturday. And obviously Washington we know how good they are and they may be the best team in the league right now. They're looking like the biggest contender from the Eastern Conference. Boston, though, on Friday is always interesting when you've got the, obviously, the the rivalry those two these two teams have had recently. Uh, a lot of those main players are, are gone from both teams. Uh, so I guess the rivalry isn't as big as it was, but you know, you've still got Patrice Berger on there and Tuka Rask and, and Chara and a lot of the guys that were there back when it was a bigger rivalry and both these teams were better. I still don't take Boston seriously, them being able to make the playoffs. We'll see. Uh, but I'm looking forward to hopefully Jack Eichel having another big game going up against Boston, going up against his, his hometown team. He he really flourished in the last Boston game and showed, I mean, not that he doesn't show it every night, the, the star potential that he has, but he can really take over a game and he was able to do it against Boston and maybe it's just that extra adrenaline that he needs to, to put him over the top over the course of this 82 game season it's when he plays Boston plays against his hometown team and with I'm sure tons of, of friends and family back home watching so that should be interesting and I don't really know who to predict will be in goal for that game whether they may keep Omar up and ride ride with him until they lose, or if they want to go with Leonard in that game, I could see that happening. But I think he'll start Wednesday. I think at, at best he would maybe start on Saturday. I don't think they would go. They would start him coming off injury Friday, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday. It'd be maybe Wednesday, Saturday. But that's all speculation. I really have no idea. I wouldn't expect it to be Chad Johnson. Either way, I think maybe they go Olmark Friday, depending on what happens. If they win, um, maybe keep him up here. But it's definitely if they lose, send him down on Friday and then uh, go with Leonard on Saturday and then ride the Leonard-Chad Johnson combo for the foreseeable future. But like I said, that's all speculation. We'll see what happens in practice the next few days. What we hear on the Leonard front after he, uh, after he starts 
tomorrow night in, in Rochester. I would be saying I'm looking forward to the team coming back home, but they've they've looked much better on the road actually this year. And I I don't know if it's that they play a simpler game on the road and there's less to think about. It's just kind of go out and, and play a simple best game you can type of thing. Or if maybe there's something about Bilesman's overthinking his um, – his matchups because he has the last change at home. I don't really know what it is, but they have not played well at home. And maybe they can, maybe they can turn that around in this back-to-back at home. But based on their track record to date, it's it's not looking good. They really struggle to score at home for whatever reason, and I don't see any reason why that would change. But coming off of two wins, maybe they finally have some confidence and, and some momentum that they can take in and and reverse that. So I I may do another podcast in the next few days leading up to these games on Friday and Saturday based on what news comes out. So if we get any news on the Leonard front, on the Pesic front, or really on anything else, if there are any roster moves, I may do a pregame type of discussion, which is which wouldn't necessarily be on Friday, but maybe it'd be on Thursday or or something. Thank you for listening, and um, I do apologize. I am out of town for work. I'm actually not too far from from Minneapolis and St. Paul, only a couple hours away. I I unfortunately wasn't able to make it to the game tonight because I had to work too late and wouldn't have been able to make the the drive. Uh, But actually, my computer is at home, and that's how I upload these podcasts. So I know that I had the the post-game Winnipeg podcast that actually isn't up yet so i'll be posting both of these together uh, tomorrow which should be um, wednesday night and once again i apologize for that i'm going to try to figure out how to not let that happen again but just in the haste of haste of getting out of town i i didn't bring the computer that has the programs that i need to to put these up so i apologize for that but thank you for listening and for bearing with me and um, once again, you can you can follow on iTunes. Not sure how people are getting this presently, but we are available on iTunes, so you can subscribe on there, download our episodes through there. Feel free to rate or to uh, to tweet me at Mark Geis or contact me however you want. And I'd love to hear feedback and love to hear what you'd like me to talk about or any. Uh, you know, any positive or negative reviews of the show so I can hopefully make it better. So I appreciate it. I have a fantastic week and I'll hopefully be back on pretty soon. Thank you. Bye.